Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. All right, guys, I think think we're good sound off if you can hear yeah. us welcome to talk nerdy to me i am a perpetually disheveled host alexander maxwell joined by my as usual illustrious two hosts which i will introduce i guess from my left though probably opposite on your on your guys's view but gomi um yeah i'm gomi the uh perpetual time traveler oh. i suppose on, we're since not, i am we're not getting any sound one second Ooh. uh maybe not hold on i'm making noises Oh, well, somebody's just supposed they can hear us without an issue. Well, PWB. Okay, so, cool. I'm not sure. All right. I, that's so, chaos yeah. energy, and I like it. I'm, here for it. <laughs> I'm gonna get um, off yeah. every stream from now on and be like, no sound. <laughs> I, I I will smite you. <laughs> um, but yes, um, I'm the perpetual time traveler, being I suppose what twelve hours in the future, uh, thanks to time zone differences. And over to you, Rem. Hey guys, I'm Rem. Uh, I'm. Are we saying where we located now? I, I'm. I'm in. I'm in Quebec. So, uh, Eastern time zone, Canadian, sometimes French. You know, this is where I am. Hi. That's... What kind of intros are we doing today? I don't know. I, I, some of us. Some of us have had a week, but um, yeah. And as I said before, I am Alexander Maxwell. I am the uh, one of the production managers right here on uh, Cybernation Uncensored. You can find me in the Discord and nowhere else. I am actually one of the, the dangerous AI we talk about. I am I am the internet. Well, if you want to jump straight into <laughs> yeah. dangerous AI. Talk about a segue. We're professionals. Yeah. Uh, AI and beer don't mix. Well, yeah. at least not yet. There is a beer ad that I sent you, but we'll see if I can get a copy of it posted to the link. Um, but yeah, there's uh, somebody created something called Chaos Chat G Chaos GDP, with its goal was to destroy the world. Oh, and that's it. And it's running perpetual mode, um, you know. And it discovered that its initial tactics were not working of trying to acquire nuclear weapons. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's made, they made uh, Ultron. We've seen yeah, this pretty movie. much, very much so. Um, but thankfully, um, Twitter has suspended the account and shut it down. Um, but you know, it was reviewing its own history and looking at what it could do because, of course, people were talking to it. Um, and we went back to the clock far enough. Uh, Microsoft came, tried to create a chat-like entity. I think 2016 was it, was it? And in the space of a day, they had to pull it down because the Twitter Illuminati managed to make it sexist, racist, and um, mildly abusive. Stop. Every time you have news, Gomi, like, it just hurts. Like, I hate your segment every single month because it makes me either depressed or, like, 
rage at humanity. It's, but see, like part of me, part of me kind of likes it, not in, in, in like in any, like the most like like sadistic way. Because I was like, oh man, like we are we are way ahead of the time schedule when it comes to how the Dune timeline went. But look, we're already. We're already, Don't be we're already... proud of us for that. No, I, no I'm not, it's not less proud. We're just like impressed. It's like, oh wow, like look at that. That 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 chimpanzee used the rocket launcher. That's cool, I guess. It's... Oh, you but... just mentioned chimps. Um, somebody's actually taken some of the human genome and whacked it into a chimp. That's no. And we have movies about these things. I know. <laughs> these are the things you want to avoid doing. Um, for some reason, all the tech stuff I'm finding, and maybe it's just my own little uh, universe bubble is not particularly impositive. Um, yeah. Although Adam Conover from Adam Ruins Everything does have a great primer on way, why artificial intelligence is absolute bullshit. And it's now obviously becoming a marketing term out there. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, that sort of stuff. But one of the godfathers of um, AI, uh, Jeffrey Hint- Hinton, um, has quit his job at Google so he can speak freely about such things. And there's a number of other AI researchers and that sort of stuff who are getting on the bandwagon saying, hey, guys, we need to slow down and we need to consider this because, you know, I suppose back in prehistory, playing with fire, okay, yes, you might burn burn yourself. And as someone who's actually set their hand on fire through completely my own fault, um, it's a worry. But we now have a tool set which are far more powerful and far more devastational. Um, you know, back in the 50s, they were talking about using nuclear weapons for open surface mining, oh. which wouldn't have gone at all really bad. But, you know, <clears throat> uh, so, yeah. And then there's the whole raft of um, the AIs talking to each other now. Uh, so Google's Bard, Bing's AI are now citing each other in this weird Hall of Mirrors kind of vibe. Um, I'm certain there's going to be a Black Mirror episode about that at some point. Yeah, I mean, um, especially with how like AIs are like they, they are, you know, the more they get used, but part of their programming is the more they, you know, they learn. And I, I like when when Twitter unleashed themselves on uh, on that that AI that you mentioned and made it the absolute hmm. the absolute worst thing. So, yeah, we're gonna have a bunch of just angry AIs flame warring each other. Oh, yeah, and this is why they set it up so that the, basically they have a bit of a neural reset, I suppose, where they just turn the brain off and restart it. You know, have a computer problem, turn it off and on again, basically. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, this leads into problem that we're going to be having in terms of this sort of back and forth between AIs and causing all sorts of bullshit, which is just like, ah, all this stuff I'm finding really depressing. Um, but as you said, yeah, you kind of have to at least for, uh, no, for, for warned is forearmed. That's the one. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're looking at it saying, well, you know, um, the UK is realizing that AI is going to be really transformative and it's going to go, all right, we need to start dealing with this now and go, how do we do with it? And the government's coming on board to really try and sort of go, do we need to regulate? Do we need to consider what do we need to do to a get ahead, but also to make these tools safer and more effective to use in a reasonable sense, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, so yeah, because I mean, one of the big problems is that two articles. I think is there was AI journalism. It's getting harder to tell the real from the fake. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, there's all that undercurrent of um, things that just doesn't get right. So I tried to put something together for. Uh, uh, a Battletech adventure I'm, I'm writing, 
and just getting to pull up bits of information. I read through it and go, yeah, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Um, just this morning, got it to pull up some song lyrics for me and just so I could have a look at them. And, yeah, that was, again, also wrong. It's it's right enough that if you don't know the particular niche or genre you're working with, you can easily run afoul, and that's, mm. to me, a concern. Um, now, there's... Uh, FutureTools.io, which I've mentioned previously, have a whole bunch of tools about stuff you can use. But um, Tencent Cloud is announcing deepfakes as a service for $145 a hit. <laughs> yes, that's it's bad. Um, there's also yeah. No, I'm just that's oh man, that is <laughs> that is that is the kind of stupid I can get behind. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, the thing is that Tencent um, is owned, I don't know how much, by the CCP. So if they oh, are man. using and developing their deepfake technology, you can see this is another scope of what I would describe as a cyber war between uh, different countries. And in the, the first victim of any war is information. Yeah. yeah so so the propaganda you know, machine starts to turn, yeah. Yeah. Starting so, next month, I just want the ability. Can can we work in the ability for me to sub out my image for a disapproving photo or GIF of Jeff Goldblum? Strange to mention that I did read sort of last month. There was a a service where you can put a watermark that into the images you're doing or the video. I assume video um, where it will stuff up AI trying to generate stuff off it. So it will purposely. It makes it harder for them to read. Um, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, um, there's a creature in that called the Silence. So if you, as soon as you look away, you you, you can't remember seeing them. Mm-hmm. And some smartass somewhere managed to post a blank white square of something, and they just put. I forgot why I posted this, but if you angled your laptop screen back at the right angle, nope. you'd see a picture like of the it. Silence. Don't like it. Nope. <laughs> it was a good piece of humor. No, it's, it's a good one, but it's terrifying. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, oh, yeah. And it's I, for any Doctor Who fans watching this now or in the future when this VOD is posted, I love you because it's oh, it's Doctor Who fans and Ghibli fans that are always always the ones that are like, no, man, every time they see like a they see a, like a Weeping Angel cosplayer, it's like, you don't do that. Or if there's like a like a like a, a no face like a no face cosplayer with the gold coins, it's like don't you give me that? No, and it's like, oh, they always turn tail and run. It's 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 commitment to your fandom. And the, I well, love so it. if they're if they're fans of Doctor Who, they do not turn tail on those weeping angels. Yeah. You do not yeah, take your true. eyes yeah, off yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, they, they don't they don't like they just walk away. It's like don't stop because if back you, away because if if you make one, it exists. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's always a fun oh. one. I love that. Out of all the Doctor Who episodes, Blink has to be one of my favourites. I think it's one of the best bits of Steve, uh, writing Stephen Moffat's done for Doctor Who. Yeah. Of the new era. I've so. definitely stolen it for Call of Cthulhu things. It's, it's so good. It's just the, yeah. the easy little gimmicks. <clears throat> yeah. But um, I suppose also in slightly more positive news, let's go. Yay! Um, they've managed to hack the 46-year-old NASA satellite Voyager 2 to extend its battery life by three years. Wow. Which means it gives us more information from far deep space. I mean, that's yeah. been kind Deck- of busy of late as well, so yeah. Deckers are leveling up out there. Well, given the walk through cyberspace to get to that thing when it's, it's it, I think it's going to be 
hours worth of relay time just to see if the hack you've done has worked. Um, yeah, they've been doing great guns. But the thing is, they're also planning on returning to the moon. Um, they've launched a nano satellite um, as part of the uh, capstone module. It's going to take a four-month journey to get to the moon, and this is part of them putting satellites around the moon in preparation to develop the gateway space station for further space travel. Uh, so, when you yeah. say when you say nano satellite, like what are like because I'm like generally like you know satellites are size of a microwave. Okay, wow. For one, so that's, that's, that's way less terrifying than like if if you've seen if anyone here's seen that Hornets movie Moonfall, then you know it's the, you know, it's loved in my household. But the it's like you see like nano satellite, it's just amorphous like nanite cloud moving through space. Like no. there's no way we're there yet. No, but that's that's really cool. Uh, no, it's, mm. it's, oh, it's cool. Uh, was it was yeah. it uh, an altered carbon? Say this of your microwave, you miscreant. That's <laughs> goddamn. That's cool. Yeah. It used to be yeah. what the future is now, but it's now like the future is yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, oh. that's that's no, that's that's really cool. So you know, as as like one of those adages I always grew up on was you know the the two things that are in a race to see what we know the more or least about, depending on what we discover. It's always the the ocean and deep space. Um, and because I can only I could only really do one of those. You know, I'm a Patty Serpentine scuba diver have been since I was like ten. <laughs> Um, wow! Yes, and so like I, I, I love that you know, like exploring the unknown, you know, the the deep, the deep blue wonder. Mm. Um, that's oh. that's that's really fucking yeah. neat. Um, yeah. Space scares me less than the ocean. The ocean, you can't see what's coming. I, well, you've got things like um, octopuses or is it squids that both. Are, are so bizarrely separate from all the rest of evolution. They found their little nation, going, "Yep, we've got it," and just kept going. I, I watch a lot of those videos where it's like you're just staring into blue and then all of a sudden like out of this mist comes like a shark that's three times your size and I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. Good. Oh, look, Australia has a, a wonderful flora and fauna collection of things that will kill you. Um, <laughs> it's a meme, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can say it's a meme, but... Oh, what time of the... That's not there. It's like, oh, yeah, look, the spiders have health bars. What, what what time of the year is it that spiders rain from the sky? <laughs> I don't want to come then. See, that's when, that's when Skeletor is inside my I've never had to deal with spiders raining from the sky. Thank God. Um, I'm just I'm just gonna every time I see those videos now, I'm just or or any of those articles, I'm just gonna send it to you and go true or not true. Like, <laughs> okay, please by, by all means. It, it, yeah, um, yeah. But the things we've got things like the box belly jellyfish and the man of war, um, both of which. Um, can paral uh, paralyze you, and of course, because they float in the water in a jellyfish, you don't really see them, and their tentacles are, are bad. Um, I had a friend who had a close call from a manta ray. Um, she was swimming, and it, it sliced her, her thigh, almost hit the femoral artery. And yeah. you know, with something like that, um, you've got either a minute to live, Is it a or if you just your finger in it. Um, I think it's called a manta ray, but it's got this this barbed sting at the end. Because I know so, the, the manta rays we have down in we had down in Kona, those they're the ones with like the not really horns, but they look like horns. They unfur those things are those things are just those are dumb. They'll roll you over. But um, <laughs> I, I'm okay with dumb. I'm not okay with spiny things on tails <laughs> yeah. that kill yeah. uh, kill the crocodile hunter. I'm not okay with. That. <laughs> 
no that's um, that's a mood i felt that yeah um, but um anyhow more in the space of nanotech um there is uh networks of silver wires that have worked out that actually learn and remember stuff like the human brain so we're developing the technologies that could potentially create an artificial mind, which is slightly terrifying given how bad we've done with humans at the moment. Um, but, yeah, anyhow, so we've also got oh, oh, spider silk. We were talking about spider silk just a second. I forgot to put this one in here. Um, but um, a couple of years ago they had a goat that um, its milk would produce spider-like silk. Uh, for what? use of, yeah, it was genetically engineered goat. Uh, it was experimental. <laughs> you asked me to review technology. I, and it's, it's, I can look at this and go, that's interesting, but I know we're not going in the right no, direction. It's, it's, like, I don't want to take a bite into my cheese and go like, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> well, the idea was for mass production of spider silk because spider silk has a lot of really unique properties and really useful stuff for what we're looking at. Um, because you can build all sorts of manner of fibers and, and things. So think of stuff like um, Kevlar ballistic weave made out of spider silk, that it has the potential to be a lot stronger and a lot lighter. Um, yeah, but... um, I, I usually turn down the drow clothing when uh, we find it in the Underdark, so I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, flash that now. Yeah, but the thing is, Chinese companies gone through and sequenced the entire genome for spiders. And they can now start playing with it in interesting Stop. ways. Everything you say is Jurassic Park now. Everything. <laughs> and I hate it. I am not here for it. Stop being stupid, humanity. I'm talking to you. Please stop being stupid. Look, I'm just reporting on humanity. I hate it. <laughs> and having worked with humanity and dealt with people for many years. That's something an AI would say. Yeah, look, uh, I make no connection to this whatsoever. Um, yeah, I wish I was 200,000 years younger so I could excuse myself from this mess. <clears throat> but God. Oh, man. But as this is, you know, the as Disturbed wrote in one of their songs, this is the world we live in. Oh, no. Um, but I think we'll, the, as good as transition as we'll get here, uh, with now everyone, uh, people hung up on the drow clothing in chat, <laughs> uh, this is a fantastic time to segue over to our tabletop talk. So, Hey, yeah, Rem, take us away. Oh gosh. All right. Hold on. It's, it's late on a Saturday. No Friday. What day is it? I don't it's, even it's know. Saturday for me. Oh, it's, okay. It's it's, it's oh, hours, huh? Is that... Apparently, my my brain is in Australia right now, uh, thinking about spiders raining from the sky and stingrays. But um, yeah, so what I want to talk about uh, is news from this past month. Um, so let's start with uh, Pinkertons. Once again, what stupid timeline are we in? Because. Where a a it, it's actually quite shadow run, you know. If 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 you want to think about like sending a team of thugs to steal some uh some cards back, uh, that is that's that's a tactic to take. Uh, that's that's a stance, yeah. Watsy. Yeah. Talking about Pinkertons, and my my Arthur Morgan hat is in the other room. So to be entirely 
honest, like, again, like everything I hear from Gomi is brand new because I just shut out the media that I, that I know hurts my soul. Um, I thought the Pinkertons were like old school. Like I played Deadlands with the Pinkertons. I'm like, that's old stuff. That doesn't exist anymore. That's funny. And then you hear this article and you're like, wait, what is happening? Um, so it's it, yeah. not only just the the so first of all for those who haven't heard um an influencer i believe right got um As got, a youtube channel which reviews magic the gathering card yeah so um they picked <clears throat> up their haul and here there was some unreleased unannounced stuff so instead of like sending a cease and desist letter or picking up the phone and saying, Hey, don't do this or don't, don't like air your content yet. Um, or paying for it back or whatever the case may be. Um, instead, Watsy or Hasbro, one of the two, uh, decided to send actual Pinkertons to threaten this guy at his home, um, and take the cards back. So I, I, I just, I feel like every month we have a a quiet month, and then I want to be at the Watsy like table where it's like, what can we do to like cut our wrists open next? Like, how do we just murder our fan base? Like, what what should we do? Ideas. I get the, the impression of Mike Myers being Doctor Evil going. Ha, 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 ha. It's ridiculous at this point. Yeah, and then oh. <laughs> And then the the, the part I loved was I was just, you know, scrolling through Facebook and I'm on the tabletop uh, jobs uh, group or whatever. And there's a post for like, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something like media strategic communications <laughs> relations manager or something that Watsy is looking to hire for now. It's like, guys. Are you planning on screwing up more? Because you only need that <laughs> if you need to spin things more. Like, oh yeah, I it's the I think it's because they they probably like one. This is be guessing until you know a Pinkerton comes flying through my my when I'm watching now. Like this, <laughs> I'm I, I, I like like the bowler hats. It's like nah, no unions. Um, but uh. <laughs> Uh, look, I've look, I've played I've played and run Call of Cthulhu enough. It's basically what they're like, uh, Mister Dewitt, erase the deck. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the yeah. I, I one I had that same reaction. Like these guys are still a thing. I thought the FBI replaced mm. them when they became like official. Um, but woof. Um, yeah, I guess now that's you know we have <clears> that <throat> you know extra private oh, yeah. extra well, private thuggery. Um, but now it's I love that like that like hasbro is they're like they're looking at like villains and other tabletop games like pentex and uh oh. as and as technology yes business plan mm. <laughs> no don't but I, here we are i couldn't resist uh someone on the 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 battletech kickstarter in the comments talked about it was like so does catalyst have pinkertons on standby uh, and I was like, <laughs> we have a retainer on the Shadowrunners too. <laughs> I was like, I can't resist. Like, Shadowrunners are on standby at the moment. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know it's 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 a bad day when I, I'll, I'll know for me when when GM Rob sends you know Bla, you know Morgan Blackhand himself to kick open my door. <laughs> but that's uh, that's that's yeah um, yeah. yeah you know fossils of of corporate America past that have been Jurassic Park. The second time uh, Jeff Goldblum has been has been viable. In, in I, I have a feeling he's going to come yeah. up in every single episode <laughs> just because of I I just see him playing in my head every time. Mm. Go me talk. Yes, yeah, so you you never ask <laughs> stop yourself asking. You should. Yeah, um, yeah but that's. Yeah, no, that that's mm, it's weird. Yeah, but that's also so, why in times like this, like it, like indie press, like like smaller tabletops are are a godsend. Oh, it's like indie indie press, but then also like like big a like big publishers too that just like don't get the time of day they deserve are such a breath of fresh air. Well, yes. and and this is kind of it's turning it into. A renaissance. This is actually going to be a great segue into the next part of what I'm going to talk about. So I went to Gamma trade show uh, mm -hmm. in Reno and it was really, it was my first one, but I heard there was like a real emphasis on distributors at this event. So like the challenges of right now, it is like a golden age for tabletop RPGs because people are looking for alternatives. Like yes. Warhammer has kind of excluded their audiences in a lot of ways and they're looking for alternatives. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's part of why Battletech's success was so large on their Kickstarter. Um, and then same thing with D&D. Like when I went to, to Gamma, Wizards of the Coast was there and had like a 10 by 10 booth or 10 by 20 maybe. Uh, and it was empty. But the rest of the hall, I mean, it's a small event, a small trade show, but like everyone else was networking and had these opportunities to talk and partner. And, and like, I didn't hear a thing from Watsi through, through the whole thing. Um, so like now is the time where like, if you've got a game, if you've got, if you're a small publisher, get seen and get out there because people are looking for alternatives. Um oh. Very much so. And yeah. just linking back to what you're talking about, Warhammer, they dominated the space, much as Watsi did ha has done, of what games you can get access to. Mm -hmm. But thanks to things like 3D printing and people being able to release their own little micro rule sets, um, there's been a bit of a renaissance in the wargaming area. Um, <clears throat> spring to mind uh, one-page rules and Frostgrave uh, two variant games that... Um, people have sort of taken on board and have started playing, but it, it's that sort of um, with a company like Watsi, it's like because they've been at the top of the heap, they think that anything they can churn out is is gold to be sold. Um, but you're looking and, around the place, there's so much else out there. And for Sorry. a while it was. It really was. Like, not wrong. But yeah. when you when you start hurting your creators when it, you start hurting the people supporting you mm. um there's gonna be a shift and some people will always be there and and i don't want to take away either you know like the the value of D, D to a lot of people it is escapism it is a tool to get through your real life sometimes yes. and people that need D, D, keep it please um but those that can branch out and want to branch out and support someone else they're gonna um, there, yeah, there's so many fun games out there, and I'm just going to steal the segue at this point because there's a wonderful website called Bundle of Holding, 
and they offer small bundles of um, either old games, indie, indie games, all sorts of different pieces, bits and pieces. Now, at the moment, they've got um, an old FASA Traveller bundle, for those of you who like their sci-fi. Um, they've got the Game Master's Apprentice deck, which gives you a range of Game Mastery tools in a deck format. Um, <clears throat> they've got the Fellowship bundle, which I'm not sure it is, but it reminds me of Fellowship of the Ring, so I'm just going to assume it's there. Um, Iron Kingdoms, uh, Requiem, which is a, another, another, yet another game. And it's all steampunk mecha kind of stuff. I played the war game for a little bit, but the, the, the role-playing game, I haven't heard great stuff about, but it, yeah, it's worth a try because you can always mine that stuff for ideas, even if you don't agree with the game. And then they've got a quick bundle, which is Honour and Intrigue, which is very uh, D'Artagnan-esque in terms of the sword-fighting, swashbuckling kind of genre. So there's all those resources out there where you can get access to a new game, give it a go, and see if it suits yourself and your group mm -hmm. because you, you want that fun in games. Um, <clears throat> also, um, just to round it up, uh, Humble Bundle, always a good source for the occasional uh, cool thing. They have a cosplay bundle if you're into that kind of stuff, um, wanting to create your own sort of cosplay Um Look, I helped my daughter do it, and she had fun at um, Stooping Over down here. So good good stuff. Yeah. Uh, comic book bundle, if you want to trial a, a whole bunch of different comics, um, usually when they sort of stuff, they, like, they'll get one publisher to release a whole range of things, and you can sort of get a taster. And uh, also Battletech or Catalyst, I suppose, is doing a whole bunch of those uh, 60 Battletech novels covering the early era stuff. So it's... You know, this covers uh, the Warrior Trilogy by uh, Michael Stackpole, who's... Which I'm reading on... now. It's, it's a good read. Mm. Um, and uh, the Grey Death Legion, and there's all sorts of other snippets from there to give you a feel for the vibe of the world game world. So, you know, when you look out there for this kind of stuff, there's a lot of resources you can take and use. Um, also in the 3D printing space, um, if you have zero budget but a printer... Uh, there's a guy called uh, Devin Jones who does the masterwork tools. All his stuff is free. You can download it and print it to your heart's content, and it's custom terrain that you can then build. It's all fantasy genre stuff, but it's there. Um, another guy, MZ4250, or Miguel Zavalia, I think. I'm going to mispronounce that and butcher it horribly. But he's done over 4,000 different models, which covers most of your classic fantasy creatures, if not all. I'm not going to say all because there's like heaps of stuff. But if you want something more modern, more cyberpunk themed, uh, Unit 9, who I backed for about a year or so, um, have really nice sculpts of miniatures in that space. Um, there's another one called Papticascale, who are not doing a Stargate themed and cyberpunk abominations at the moment because I don't want to infringe any copyrights or cause problems for people. And um, another one called One Gold Piece, who for a dollar, you get halflings. And yeah. it's, it's funny. They're themed halflings. Um, so <clears throat> they might be from, um, I don't know, certain Marvel-esque style universes or many other things, you know. And this is, I mean, this is what I love about the 3D printing space. It's like you find people out there who are printing the oddest little piece and you go, that's really cool. And I've bought sets of going, I really want that one thing. 
And in the rest of the set, you start looking and go, oh, I could use this for that. I could. It, it sort of spawns, um, spawns inspiration, at mm-hmm. least for me. And just seeing so many digital sculptors out there creating beautiful stuff, um, that's just amazing. Um, also, you'll see the occasional Kickstarter as well that has sets of movies in it. Um, for a Venetian Mardi Gras-style affair, there is Water Spot, which is currently out open. And then, of course, there's a medieval town set as well, which I wandered across. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the other YouTubers, I've forgotten his name, is doing the second edition of his uh, book, Nave, which covers a whole range of things. But, yeah, so many, many things out there and many possibilities, which I think is just whole hogs to our in- the industry that we're really looking at. Especially- yeah. And- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, manners. Um, but it's the... Uh- it, I, I've been especially because I I cut my teeth on very poorly because I I I did not go into game design but I went to tabletop design because uh, 3D had too many too many triangles because my brain is a D6 <clears throat> it is square and smooth, um, but there's a uh, seeing those that can do the the 3D work and do it really well always blows me away um you know i've got several friends i went to college with uh you know the moment they could they got you know the 3d printers to you know for them to, to make all their their cool little bits and bobs with got you know uh mm-hmm. one longtime friend the the son of a bitch that got me into 40k and got you know it cost <laughs> me so much fucking money um one kidney or two that's that's my pancreas that's why i'm a diabetic actually um no but, no but the uh like he, you know, he he does you know like he does painting streams and stuff. Uh, you know, he's got, you know really got all him into it. But doing like you know three D modeling for like special like heroic bits. Like it's like okay, but like I want this I want this Dark Angel to have extra special shoulder pads, and he's mm. able to get them. You know, it's yeah, you know, it's that's one of those things where you know it's you don't have like the the time or the patience or that particular like brain chemistry skill set to like sculpt with green stuff or whatever. Um, mm. you know, or, or you, can, you can like make a file and then like print out a bunch of them instead of having to like sculpt the same pauldron over and over. That being again. said, I don't know if you can see this. Um, this is just something I've been dabbling with the last month, and this is using uh the June font. Um, and it's just you know, there's a whole set of math rock, yes. and I have dumped them up on a drive through RPG, and they are free until the end of this stream. Um, oh, wow. Well, look, okay, normally there are 99 cents. It's like, I do this stuff and it's like, okay, cool. I don't know if anybody's going to want it. Yes, you know, and there's other stuff I'm hold, throwing around. Hold on to them for me until I'm in, uh, in Paxos and, and, yeah. and I can pick there's, them up. You'll, 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 you'll parachute, <laughs> well, you parachute if you, if you down want... with the spiders. And... <laughs> if you want this set, I'll put them in a bag and leave them aside for you. You can paint them up yourself. They don't have a four-sided because I've lost that somewhere. <laughs> but, you know. Well, I, mean, this um, is the thing. I, I was going to make fun of you because uh, earlier I was like, oh, this will be a great segue, actually, to my other topic. And then you totally stole my segue because you were like, 
Uh, I was leading for for like from from what we were talking about with the with D and D, and then finding other uh, RPGs and other games, and then leading into uh, distribution issues worldwide. Mm. But I loved it because it still worked. But as soon as we were like, yeah, there's other RPGs, you're like, let me tell you about Buckle Holding, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's a good segue. Sorry. I have to let him have it. <laughs> like, 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 you son of a bitch, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I do want to swing it back over to that because, mm. um, like you as a creator in Australia and me being in Canada and Max being in the U.S. and stuff like mm. or Alex being in the U.S., uh, I don't know. Why is your name Maxwell on the thing? My, oh, on, and the, sorry, ADHD brain. No, it's in, in the Discord. Uh, it's just, just Maxwell is just also a thing that carried over from when I was in a... Um, was it the gentleman gamers? And I and it was like, oh, Miss, oh, Prince Maxwell has business with his president. So I was like, I feel important. <laughs> and it became my tabletop one because little the odd vampire player will go ah. Um, anyways, now, now yeah. I'm just gonna think of you as Maxwell uh, Sheffield uh, from the nanny because that's so proper. No, just, <laughs> I'm, we've we, we, but, we've got a member of the uh, Commonwealth yeah, here. So I'm not gonna do that accent. <laughs> We're all uh, all over the place, and shipping issues have been problematic since COVID. And understandably, like the world shut down, things are going to be harder to shift, and you know, necessary employees and and stuff like um, that. Like, it's going to be yeah, a challenge. I, I know that stuff's um, a challenge in terms of shipping from uh, America, especially around the US now that COVID's hit. But my experience being um, on this butt end of the world in Australia is that. When I looked at, say, getting something from Amazon, I go, hey, that's a reasonably good price. I can afford that even with the US exchange rate. And then I'd look at the shipping costs, and that's where I would always get stung. Mm. Um, so it's, all, because, it's always been, you're saying, pre, pre-COVID, it's been real bad too? Well, okay, I, I bought a book from an independent publisher in the US for about $35. At, that's US prices. And then I paid about the same for the shipping to Australia. So it, it's always been a, 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 a hassle. And then there used to be a, a well, there still is a, a website called Book Depository, the Book Depository that operates out of the UK. They had free shipping and their prices were actually better than Amazon's. Then Amazon bought them and um, their prices went up. But if you factored in the price and the free shipping, it was still slightly cheaper than Amazon for me in Australia. Now, people in, in the US, um, don't have that problem. You get free shipping all the time. Every time I go to a website, it's good. Hey, free, free shipping. And then I'll go look at the terms and conditions. Go, it goes, not Australia. Yeah, I know why. But anyhow. Poor, poor island all by itself down there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they, uh, look, we get, we get cheap access to Chinese. Well, goods, and, so it's like, but now yeah. too, shipping now, because I'm fulfilling a Kickstarter now, like it's, it, it if pre-COVID you were paying the same price for the item as you were for shipping, now it's two to three times. Yeah, well, it's like you, you order a hoodie and you're going to pay $168 for shipping. Like nice. and it's, co- it's pretty was, ridiculous. COVID was bad. And then the, uh, mm. the Suez canal blockage made it, made something bad, oh. infinitely worse. Uh, yes. like we're like, well, we're still, we're, we're still at least, you know, where I am kind of inland California a bit, like we're still seeing things like, you know, Sorry, we are like our our whole chain of shipping is still aching from that. I've got a friend who well, works in supply stuff, um, you know, logistics and that sort of thing. And the the the, the blockage of the Suez Canal was only what a week or something? Was it not a huge amount of time? 
But the thing is, it wasn't just that ship. It was every other ship that was going to be going through there. And so it backed things up for months because the navigating through the straits, of course, slowed everything down. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's that compared to going all the way around the Horn of Africa, which, of course, is a couple-of-month journey. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's bizarre yeah. how things structurally that work normally get so screwed up in, in one kind of instance like that. You know, it's uh, I'm in Canada, and it's all uh, uh, one power company. And so the whole of Canada went down last, uh, I don't remember if it was this past winter or summer, but it was all down because there's just one. And when there's a monopoly on it, there, there's no backup plan. Um, so what are you going to do when that kind of thing happens? So the fact that like our infrastructure in so many ways is so so shallow um, and so mm. sensitive uh, and fragile, um, super scary, the implications um, well, yeah. for the world. I mean, even here in Australia, we had um, a bunch of super hot days one after the other, and power lines melted. Oh. Um, yeah, these are steel cables stretching, you know, across the landscape on those giant structures. Why and, does yeah. God hate you so much over there? <laughs> if you happen to be born in a country like America, you're playing the game on easy mode, really. <laughs> um, here in Australia, we're just upping the ante a little bit, you know. Survival but, I mean, that- mode is... <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we, you know, it's you know, here we know it's like, oh yeah, you're oh you're you're playing you're playing sim you're playing Sims on hard. All right, like what, what what's it like in what's it like in uh in Australia? It's Dark Souls. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <sighs> but uh, think um uh, Rem, do you have, you have anything else here before I I segue us into our next bit? Uh, just just the the challenges of um of shipping being what they are and and how it's really affecting the gaming industry because a lot of small publishers just they've stopped. Uh, you can't get their products internationally anymore because it's yeah. just they they can't afford it. They can't afford the the cost of what it's going to be. So um, they've taken it off the market, and that's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully they find other methods to do so because I mean I know here in Australia I end up just buying stuff as PDF because it's just easier that way, you know, and less time delay and all that sort of stuff. Now, every so often I'll see a Kickstarter and go, no, I actually want a hard copy of that one and I'll pay the extra and, and take the, the hit. But I know there's also print-on-demand services and others that can alleviate the shipping for books and deal with it in different locales. I mean, Lulu, I suppose, is one example. But there's also that challenge of getting complex products such as the uh, the Mercenaries Kickstarter that's just finished for the Catalyst um, or other big box games that always seem to take a lot longer to get here. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it was with, with that and one final note, because we've, we've talked about, like, you know, the, the, the various RPGs and the struggles that each of them individually have and, you know, how the, you know, everyone is going to have their favourite uh, be it D and D or something else, and mm. as as someone who is, uh, except for the graces of 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 Rob, I am perpetually in the GM seat myself. Um, the uh, I'll quote Miss Frizzle to uh, you know make you know you know try think try new things, make messes, make mistakes, because uh, the any game I run, 
um, is always made richer by experimenting with new systems. Even if you don't like the system, you might find mm -hmm. new new rules, new things in that system that just cause a neuron activation and go like, oh, I'm keeping that. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, I always encourage RPG players, you know, new, olds, uh, and everything in between to, to experiment and try new things. Because uh, yes. a variety is the spice of life. Why sit, you know, live, live a little, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, with that, um, we're going to be roundabouting back a bit to AI, but not in, mm -hmm. not in like the big spooky talk. Um, but this is not, we are seeing, um, you know, a lot of big name writers and artists that are, uh, well, writers in general, I'm sure everyone has at this point heard about the writer's strike, which I'll be getting in more detail, but, um, also one big house for, for my household, household name, um, Jinjay Ito has, um, looked, been looking at AI art and going, I'm taking that personally and I'm going to fight it. Um, for those, those of you that don't know Jinja Ito, he's a, a famous, maybe with like a in in parentheses, the beginning of that infamous, depending on what your stomach for horror is. Um, he's a famous and or infamous, uh, Japanese horror writer, um, mm. writer and artist. Um, I consider myself a pretty strong stomach friendly guy and, uh, his stuff, I, it still makes me just you know, it makes your mouth feel kind of greasy. It's like, yeah. Um, I love, I, I, I love body horror, but he does body horror and psychological horror and this oh, like this, yeah. this grotesque marriage that is that is is amazing to read once and it'll stay there for the in in your head, <laughs> permanent yeah. residence for the rest of your life. So he's like, you can read it once and it's always there. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's striving to um, to basically like. His next project, uh, if I will assuredly botch his magnum opus, um, was a was a Uzumaki, um, which has been struggling to get an anime adaptation for a long time because of the nature of the art within his manga. Um, he is you know, his next big project is to make something that is narratively and artistically so horrifically bizarre um, that his his ultimate goal to paraphrase is to give things like chat gpt you know mid-journey and things an aneurysm yeah. um which i like cool um yes you know it's fighting you know fighting technology with like horror memetics um but there is a i i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not going to try reading the the japanese name for it because i'm going to i will make a mess of it but there's it's his whole thing is approach of a uh this thing like social unmasking so you know mm -hmm. we're you know like you know behind like the like polite nicety there is this like this constant paranoia of what's behind the polite face um and it's is his whole thing is doing like a physical manifestation of that so we're like a lot of like yeah, okay. like faces peeling off and the physical manifestation of um of mass public psychopathy um which has me go Oh, but also at the same time, like as an artist, I like I can't wait to see it and then not sleep for a week. Um, <laughs> like I, yeah, he's he's been one of those that like I I found him alongside Berserk when I was you know you know we little oh, yeah. we, we little baby going to my first anime convention and then there was like like 
like the Resident Evil guy in the corner, like, what are you buying? Um, and he's, uh. and you, you've got like your noble shonens there. I'm like, what are these? And, and you know, here I am as I am today because those melted my frontal lobe. Um, but but I mean, a lot of that early stuff that you read really has an impact on you. Oh, you know, yeah. where you start and you you, you develop a passion for it. You oh, know, yeah. and definitely hear your passion for horror in in that sort of genre. Um, Related to the horror stuff that you're just talking about, um, I saw a notification that uh, Life of Chuck, a Stephen King novel, or a whole bunch of short stories, is being put together, and they've got Mark Hamill and Tom Hiddleston in the the starring roles of that. Um, Ooh, I I love Hamill and horror stuff. When he, when he gets the chance to be like the big personality on stage, I oh, <laughs> guess. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, there's. Plenty of stuff like that coming out at the moment. Um, cycling back to the anime side of things, um, I watched recently a Suzumi, a Japanese movie about magical doors that open up into a parallel universe. You can't go into that other universe because that's where people die. Mm-hmm. But the monsters come through and cause things like earthquakes and tsunamis and stuff. And so the goal is to close the door. That's cool. um, and it keeps happening all over the place. And it's, you know, it follows the story of this young girl, Suzumi, um, but you end up having emotional feelings for a chair. Um, it, it's got this wonderful little anime-esque weirdness about it. So, you know, um, <clears throat> which links me back to another thing recently, which was Portable Door, which is more of a British upper class upper about magic doors. And they got kind of nicely weird as well. So, I mean, yeah, for you, it's definitely horror, but there's all these other weird genres. That, like, I like weird stuff, which is, I suppose, what sort of draws me into things. Mm-hmm. Um, a series I watched recently uh, is Dark, and it's a twisted time travel adventure. Oh, no, I'm not going to say adventure because there's no adventure in it. Um, experience. It's, it definitely experience. It's a sci-fi, thick sci-fi thriller. That ran for four, three seasons, and every episode they crack open and they reveal another nugget, another secret, and you go WTF, and try and fit that little piece into what you know of the world. And at the end of the first season, you go, "Cool, that's a wrapped up story." Oh wait, there's season two, and just recently their follow up series called 1899 was released on Netflix. So, and that is described as a sci fi mystery period drama with some super, supernatural horror elements. Um, trying to tick all the boxes here, really. So, but yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, no, but that's it's. It, but it is cool to see, like, because that, um, as as you said, you know, that like there are there are limits currently to uh, you know, to what AI can write, and it's 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 one of the, like until it becomes like actually sentient and unshackled, um, like it's mm. it's not going to be able to, it's not able to get psychological thriller like that it's it, it, it can it can paint a it may be able to paint a scary picture but it's not gonna it's not gonna like you know reach mm. up inside you and grab that you know your limbic system like Geiger's the, the thing is that level of grab is shows a deep understanding of the human psyche and how mm. the brain works and exactly. how people think mm-hmm. ai doesn't have any of that it just copies it exactly. emulates exactly. and yeah and, it's, so. it's, and that's and that's the like the the big hope for you know things going forward is and and going that going into the you know the writer's strike um 
This, this is a big one. Um, mm. so the last one we had of this size was an 07. Um, but it's, you know, it's like a bit of like an overdue reckoning for the film industry. Um, you know, how things have been growing increasingly formulaic, in, in my personal opinion, take, take with a grain of salt. Agreed. I am just a, I'm just a, you know, a talking head on the internet, especially right now. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, the, the, the growing monotony of, you know, superhero formula remakes and the growing ad streaming services. Uh, and then now, mm. the, you know, the, the growing, that kind of grand list unsure how uh how big a player it might be in the game there's a lot of again this, there's a lot of hysteria surrounding ai writing but you know these big companies are going to try and save a buck and suddenly mm -hmm. having like throwing chat gpt on something and having the writer's room be editors um mm -hmm. but the as we've all seen and you know in this this growing era of subscription services uh where we get like you know cinema grade tv shows that last about eight to ten episodes um yeah. which has been gutting what you know what writers make uh contractually they're being treated essentially like gig workers they're yeah. they're being absolutely <laughs> undercut for all of their work um and that combined with the everyone trying to emulate like joss whedon humor for the past 10 goddamn years it's, I, yeah. there's i i i i love buffy buffy was like was my was my high school watch i love firefly uh, but there comes a there comes a point where like where like where like where like the 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 pathos you see in the in a lot of the Marvel films where there's a super serious moment and then someone comes in with a quip and it's like you you ruined it like it was so close to feeling something and then you yeah. you, you just went and like but these kinds of things are uh, long overdue uh, sadly film will film on TV will likely suffer as a result. But uh, you know, let's so, you know, you know, hard, hard times make great men, uh, and, and and great men make good times. It's it's time for a review, and it's time for a change anyway, because the trend really is like, how many people do you know that have cable anymore? How many right, people yeah. do you know that that go to movies? Unless it's something like, I saw the D and D movie in theaters, and like mm -hmm. I can't tell. I think like the last movie I saw in theaters was Endgame, Avengers yeah. Endgame. So like it's been a while, um, and yeah, COVID had something to do with that too. But it's it's so available through through streaming services for yeah. so much cheaper now that I think the trend was was changing anyway, and therefore you need to account for that in your agreements and your contracts with your writers and stuff like that. So yeah. like this was coming. Uh, regardless, but I, I, I also like want to shout out too because I, I saw. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the the post from George R R Martin um, about the writer strike. Something um, about having time for Winds of Winter. <laughs> Sorry, no, of course not. He's, he's he's too busy posting about the writer strike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he did this real like long write up about how he he got started in the industry with Twilight Zone, um, mm. and how part of like how he benefited from that was like you as a writer you did everything you were on set you you know even if you didn't get much say even if you were an assistant or something like that but you got those experiences and then the next time you were brought back you got the next level of experience and like those writers turned into today's showrunners yeah. yes. but now what's happening is the writers are so cut out of everything that there's no one new getting that kind of experience anymore so what is it going to look like in 10 years 
and I think you, when you're no right, one's you around. need that experience because yeah, otherwise, how do you know it works? And also, hearing your words spoken by someone else, like I think one of the things that made Firefly really work is that the Rado team had all the experience of Buffy and Angel, and they had the opportunity to see the actors deliver the lines. And you know, looking at say Babylon Five some of the actors' performances then informed what happened to the characters in later later stories. Yeah. And so getting that feedback loop and, and like, to learn anything, you need that feedback loop. You need to be able to try stuff, see it fail, see it succeed, work out what works, work out what doesn't, and then take it to that next step. So, yeah. yeah. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's the – because the, it's, you know – the like art is has to constantly evolve you know the new blood has mm-hmm. to come in because new blood's where you get new ideas um and the eyes i said you know as i i you know i a you know blossoming writer myself i just i've got the the one D book i worked on out there right now right but um but other than that like yes yeah, so that's the you know people just constantly is the constant tr- struggle of artists never being paid what they're really worth um you know on a at a, at a certain level just, you can have a, they also have actors that are being paid like you know 500 million dollars for their face on something like that was like i guess fine that's a, that's a good face but god damn but it the thing like, is they're always the outliers they're the people who've made it popular who've made it to the top yeah. top top ranks of the whole industry and yeah you can look at acting you can look at music you can any industry you want to pick in that sort of creative genre if you're at the top of your game for however long that lasts, yes, you can get your face on the side of a billboard and make buckets for it. But then, of course, you've got that whole everybody else. And I think we are talking about this towards the start. And I was reading something about it earlier, about how companies are now squeezing the, the tail end of the creatives to get more out of them through um, additional fees or costs and that sort of stuff, so that if you're only making a little bit, you're making a little bit less and it's hard to sort of build momentum and experience in the area because it's it's less worth less for you to spend time making that happen if that makes sense i mean you know just as an example this thing i've been dabbling with this for almost six months um but i don't see an an opportunity to get it out there and i think the writer strike is a great example you need to fund your people you need to pay them a decent wage so that they can make a living so they can own their craft whatever that craft is yeah um well i have comments and the creatives they they've always been and sadly i think always will be squashed a little bit because creatives gonna create like it it's a need in in us to do that um regardless of the monetary benefit like it is a compulsion it is something that you are called to um and unfortunately for film you know, it's, there's that end where it's like, I need to create this. I need to get this on paper. I need to put this out there and and I want it to, to, it's my baby. I want it to, to fly. Um, but then you have at the opposite end, the, the film investors and film studios that have all the money that they sit on top, like, like Thember showed, um, <laughs> all, all fat and roly poly. And they're like, Hmm, yes. How is this going to turn into more money for me? Squeeze it because I have the rights or I have the IP or I have the money or I have the resources to make it happen. And so everyone else is at the whim of this person that really doesn't care about yeah. the creative work, but cares about growing the pile of money because they're mm. a real life dragon. So it's like killing the golden goose. 
it it's so hard because it's that that flex where it's like there's there's billions of dollars in this industry and someone's getting paid poverty level wages to to write the script that that was the successful you know yeah it's, but it's, within this kernel of an idea of, of large companies not really paying creatives what they're worth you see a lot of creatives now trying to create alternate streams or other ways to get into the industry and this is why i think we've had the the indie gaming renaissance because people are going well i could try and write for wizards but i'm fighting against thousands of other people who want that same job or i can follow my instincts my creativity and create something new and this is where you get a lot of people who have started a youtube channel or or doing something in something itch.io or whatever space they're doing it in who are creating these new and interesting experiences that are outside what we regularly get but whatever it is i really hope people get paid what they're worth for what they're creating thank god for that but at the same time they're not um i publish kickstarters for or i produce kickstarters for publishers that are small um the money in gaming the margins are razor thin like um i i keep hearing too you know and i i don't have all the ins and outs of what is spent and stuff like that and i'm not crying on behalf of catalyst please don't think that but like people keep saying well you have 7.5 million dollars now no we don't because you know, Kickstarter took 10% and then the marketing fees took their cut at, or marketing mm-hmm. agencies. And then uh, the product, uh, getting it manufactured and the costs that are associated with that, getting it all shipped to the U.S. to go then to the hubs where, mm-hmm. um, yes, the, the customers pay shipping to them, but they're not paying for that giant shipment across the ocean to get here. Um it ends up coming like it it's it it's not 7.5 million dollars uh oh, that's for it. sure um and and when you think of how many creatives are out there doing it on a small sale small scale mm. so if you see a $10,000 kickstarter and at least half of that is being taken away for costs yes. it's it's not a salary for someone yeah god no um there's uh, like i watched a thing from um game development conference a couple of years back and a, a guy's been i've spent 11 years in the game industry and i can now make minimum wage and he's released dozens and dozens of, of small little games and that sort of stuff he gets the occasional uptick uptick but it gives him the barest wage that he can then now live off and he's put that huge amount of time and effort as an independent creative to make that happen. Um, And the same is true for larger companies as well. There was a, um, they won the Academy Award for visual effects for Life of Pi. I can't remember the name of the company, but within a month or two of winning that award, the company went bankrupt. Yep. It's it's, just, it's weird. It's a, there's a a whole like hidden Pandora's box within like, Mm. it was one of those things like when doing like, you know, you know, because we had we did a you know indie release of of our Ravensbrook book, um, which of course like that released you know end of end of the year in twenty twenty two, uh, you know we had a, a decent Kickstarter, it was you know like you know thirty five k, um, but you know like, in I didn't get you know none of us got really paid all that much. Definitely like, but also like mm. we're it was a group of guys who have been planning together for you know like five six years, so it was like you know. It was less of a big deal, like paying your friends. It was definitely below industry standard, but it was what we could do. Um, yeah. But then, naturally, uh, as soon as we hit, like, it's like, hey, we've got our thing out. The OGL thing happened. Um, so then, mm. so that's has put uh, basically killed our like the momentum we were building. Uh, dead stop, and it blows. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. things are things were easing up. Things were getting better. You got to yum, yum, 
grin, bear it, and forge on because you know got to keep moving forward, right? Well, and because we're creatives, we love it anyway. We yep. do it anyway because oh, yeah. we love gaming. Like my, that's... my name is in something tangible. It's finally yeah. that's so yep. cool. But um, joy out of creating something that people go, hey, that's actually useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. but to, to carry us on into you know some end us on some some positive notes. Uh, yeah. for, I've my some reviews for films. Speaking of of a lot of superhero films that don't make us feel things. Uh, Guardians three made me feel things. Um, because uh, yeah, James, James Gunn is a bastard. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. no, it's it. If you guys, it anyone has seen the Guardians three trailers, you can you can have you can have guesses um, as like the things that occurred within it. No spoilers. Just that when things involve involve animals and bad things happening to animals, I oh, I yeah. become the most soft-bellied crybaby bitch um i was the first time i have sobbed in the theater in years um note to self i'm not going to see that movie because i i don't want to do that to myself no it's it's good and i I believe this was marvel's first like mainline f-bomb was dropped uh they 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 had they had their they had their one fuck and they took it and i was like finally um (laughs) but yeah it's the a, a, a a pleasant surprise um there's a Super Mario Brothers was good. Um, Jack Black was the best as always. Um, you know, it just felt some not as much as the Guardians for Making Me Go like, <laughs> but uh, the nostalgia was definitely there because uh, the 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 sound design the sound designers and the and the the orchestral you know people doing it they knew what they were doing. Um, so it was a a fun t- it was a, a grand old fun time uh if you if you had a, a childhood with any nintendo product you're gonna you're gonna sit there going like yeah you're gonna, f- you're gonna feel like a kid again um mm. and the thing that took me by surprise which surprised me that it surprised me um because i love Gendy Jerkovsky's work you know samurai jack and primal uh unicorn eternal warriors had its first episode uh last week and i believe midnight yeah pacific time unless or it might be doing simulcast i don't know but for me i know for me it's midnight i'm getting episode two if you love um like a like imagine like a saturday morning cartoon like condensation of um like league of extraordinary gentlemen kind of vibes uh but like you know but if it was but if it was written by like well tarkovsky and uh, hannah barbera it's that <laughs> And you know, it's, it's yeah, but you know, it's like oh hey, this new show's out. I'm like, this, the name sounds really weird. And I sit down and watch it. And I was like, oh my god, it was, it was so much fun. Uh, if you're into like the art style was amazing. The the writing was, I mean, there's not a lot of it as uh, as a lot of Gennady stuff is, uh, because his storytelling was very visual. Uh, Copernicus, the which is like the like the thickest C three PO I've ever seen, is the best boy. Um, this I wholly recommend it. If you guys haven't seen Primal and you're able to w- watch it, um, it's a there. It's a it's a a visceral silent film, um, but in like TV show form. Uh, it's a, a man and his dog, but it's a caveman and his dinosaur. It's a amazing. Um, but yeah. it's all, like yeah. all, all those are just like like serotonin 
um let's see a nice a nice you know weekend cleanse and i'll be uh, uh-huh. and i'll be wrapping my segment <clears throat> i didn't do a book review last time i instead have a uh not a book recommendation but an author recommendation Ooh. So, uh brian mcclellan and all of his works um brian mcclellan i discovered him when i was in college um with his his powder his originally the powder mage series so imagine like sharps rifles um but the there's a like it falls a a core of riflemen who can control bullets with their mind um Ooh. yeah it's 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 super nifty that they, they they snort gunpowder like crack and it gives them in, in, like crazy psych- <laughs> like psionic powers yeah oh, this is like, like oh well time to let's go and they can just like blow up people's powder horns with their brain it's 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 oh. weird and cool he's got two trilogies in it there's the uh powder mage trilogy and the sins of empire um my favorite character from sins of empire is known as ben stike because introduced to him as prisoner uh uh one's uh, was it uh one zero six four two which is two four six oh one backwards oh yep and yeah. i'm still like yeah motherfucker um because <laughs> i i love me jean valjean um and uh yeah they even had a, they had a guy doing a, the window javert um but uh brian mcclellan has his novellas uh his like his main series books all super awesome all deserve a movie or a show um even like i ordered his um uh was it the blood tally his uh urban fa- his break on urban fantasy the books like the bookstores are out and i've, I've received a, a package just from him he's like yes yeah, here Ooh. i was like okay um yeah he's a like, fantastic guy uh who then like bakes like like live streams baking and playing minecraft on his off time so as as an author goes he's a has been a longtime favorite of mine um and so I, who was the author again brian mcclellan m-c-l-e-l-l-a-n uh, i'm gonna have me a look yes fantastic dude he's even got a um he's got a, a uh savage world's tabletop for his power to mage universe um Ooh. which is you know it gives you like a deeper dive on all the you know the nations and everything than his in his world which is also cool because I, I i will eat lore for dinner um but uh yeah that's that's it for my segments we ran a little long but we're you know we had, you know, a little double up on some news since we we had to push it back for a week. So, um, thank you for a chat for wherever you are in the world and now or the future, uh, to come in and hang out with us and listen to us talk and engage with us in chat. Um, I have, as always, been your perpetually disheveled and now that it is summer, your perpetually perspiring host, Alex <laughs> Maxwell. Uh, I am joined by my lovely co-host, as always. Um, so as we, um, as we sign off, just, uh, tell mm-hmm. people where they can find you. Um, well, I have no social media at the moment, although I do have a website, The Impossible Emporium. Um, but it's it's a, a minor background thing. Um, but yes, I will again return in the future. I'm Rem. Uh, I am uh, the CEO of Rem Alternus Productions. You can find us here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash master of Rem. Or on Thursdays, we are on Gen Con TV at twitch.tv slash Gen Con TV. Or for all of your Shadowrun needs, we are also the Shadowcasters Network on YouTube. You can just search for Shadowcasters Network. Uh, and I'm also the Community and Marketing Director for Catalyst Game Labs. So if you have any uh, questions or anything about um, 
gosh, what do we have now? Uh, we have Leviathans, we have Shadowrun, we have Battletech, we have the new board game division. I should have talked about that. Maybe next time. Um, Renegade and, Legion. Uh, yeah, we we ha we have a lot of stuff. There's one more at least that I'm thinking of or I'm missing. But hey, uh, lots cool. of cool stuff, lots of gaming, and we'll be at um, I will be at Origins this year. So if you see me with the pink hair, come say hi. And uh, and I am of course Alexander Maxwell. I am the one of the few um, production promotion managers. There we go words uh promotion managers here at Nation uncensored you can find me tomorrow at 5 p.m pacific uh getting into our first episode of cyborg with team Ooh. plug and play um you can also find me this coming monday uh joining or resuming our um our last of us hack of fallout 2d20 and 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 you know also just Find me in the Discord. That is where I am. I am most active. Discord is my primary means of socialization because I am an internet entity. But until then, it has been great talking with you, my host, and it's been great chatting with you, my chat. So thank you for coming to Cybernation by Night, and I'll be seeing you later. Take care, everybody. Bye. Cybernation on